Welcome to the St. Michael Lenten podcast series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Lent is covenant, how we keep our sacred promises. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Here ends the reading. As I've shared with you previously, when I was preparing for ordained ministry, I served as a chaplain at Children's Medical Center. The well-designed program there includes the use of Godly Play stories. Godly Play, which we offer here at St. Michael and I highly recommend for your children or grandchildren, uses manipulatives and small sets to help children come to know the stories of Scripture through sight and sound and touch. Children have an innate affinity for God, and these stories help them to know and understand God in deep ways, ways that they might not yet have the words to express. During my time at Children's, when ministering with children with serious and long-term illness, one of the most beloved godly play stories was the parable of the Good Shepherd. In this story, we're able to assure children that Jesus knows them by name and will lead them to the places of refreshment and restoration, that he accompanies them when they go through the dark and scary places, and that he has a place prepared for them. 
this story never failed to comfort children, and it heartened me that my charges were more at peace when I left than when I had arrived. I think most of us are comforted by this story from John's 10th chapter on Jesus as the Good Shepherd. It conjures those stories and images we were taught in Sunday school. We conflate it with other shepherd images, that of the 23rd Psalm, that of the shepherd who leaves the other 99 to find us and carry us home on his shoulders. But as I read this passage in preparation for this reflection, I was struck that John gives us not one, but two metaphors for Jesus. John is our evangelist who gives us seven I am statements to help us understand who Jesus is. John's Jesus tells us, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In this passage, we have two of these seven I am statements. While I am the good shepherd, which we've been discussing as one of these statements, the other actually precedes it. Jesus states, I am the gate. And he says this not once, but twice. So how is Jesus both the gate for the sheep and the shepherd to the sheep? I am the gate, Jesus says. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. It is through Jesus that we enter that place of relationship with God that secures us. Jesus is the means of our salvation. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my own and my own know me. They listen to my voice. Jesus calls us by name and goes before us, leading us in the way of abundant life. He is the embodiment and example of what our salvation, our life in God's reign, promises. So what does it mean that Jesus is the means of our salvation? We often understand salvation as the erasure of our sin and fallenness. But what if salvation is better understood as new creation, new life, and new possibility? In the same passage, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In light of Jesus' own words, he came not just to save our lives, but that we might have abundant life. Not just survival, that is, but flourishing. Not just getting by, but thriving. Not just existence, but joy. We are not only saved from something, but also for something. For life in all its abundance, here and now. Abundant life looks different for each of us. For the lonely widow or widower, it might be companionship and help. For the bullied teen, it might be acceptance and an advocate. For the impoverished neighborhood, it might be dignity and the chance of self-determination. For the retiree, it might be involvement in a worthwhile cause. Abundant life looks different in different places and to different people, but it always manifests as a response to whatever seeks to rob the children of God of their inheritance of life and purpose and joy. Perhaps abundant life isn't simply a promise about some distant, eternal future, but is a concrete invitation to discover life right now by extending it to those around us. 
Perhaps salvation isn't only the forgiveness of sin, but also being commissioned by Jesus to help others experience abundant life in their settings. Perhaps salvation and abundant life aren't goals for which we strive, but rather byproducts of following Jesus. Jesus is the means of our salvation and the embodiment of abundant life. Which leads me back to the comforting image of Jesus as shepherd from whence we began. May we, like beloved sheep, know ourselves to be led, protected, cared for, and loved by the Good Shepherd, the means and embodiment of our salvation. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, we remember before you all poor and neglected persons whom it would be easy for us to forget, the homeless and the destitute, the old and the sick, and all who have none to care for them. Help us to heal those who are broken in body and spirit and to turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.